0: Welcome back to Simply Soccer. I'm your host, Michelle Hutink, and of course, Christian Conway is my co-host.
1: Good afternoon. A rainy rainy Tuesday marking, what, three weeks into quarantine now?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I recently got laid off, so I'm like two weeks into quarantine. But surprisingly or not surprisingly, you guys, we have Delmi back with us. Yay! Hi, guys. And a little extra side of bacon what's up so glad i could be on today
1: the the, the family's all back it just feels right
0: (laughs) yes we all miss each other very much and of course la galaxy I don't want to talk about it, but let's I, talk
1: about it. I, I I I take watching an LAFC match at this point. I'm that desperate for something. No, how dare you! <laughs> I'm that desperate for something. Although
2: Delmi does cover also LAFC, so I respect that. <laughs> yeah, I do cover both. Can't can't talk trash from either side right now. Oh no, we're not
0: here to talk trash. Um, no, we're here to to celebrate MLS's 25th birthday. Should we That's sing a- Happy Birthday? I'm kidding. God, no, no <laughs> I know I'm that playing. is one of the worst songs to ever sing. <laughs> Unless you're washing your
3: hands and you got to do that twice. <laughs> you know, there are far better things to sing than happy birthday while you wash your hands.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't think any of us expected the 25th anniversary season to go like this. I think that's that goes without saying. But I mean, this I, I think for a lot of people who have followed the league, studied the league since... Since 96, I think the fact that we're at a 25th season and looking forward past 25, you know, 26, 27, and and on to 50-whatever years, the sense of stability that's around MLS that I I don't think a lot of people really ever thought. I mean, there was really dicey days. I mean, if if you you talk about the contractions that happened in, you know, the 2001-2002 seasons, losing all the Florida clubs, you know, it it was very touch-and-go there for a while. So I think it is, again, this is, you know, extraordinary circumstances but it is a fantastic achievement and it I think we're entering a a period where we as MLS fans don't have to worry about will there be a league next year and now it's it's kind of like where are we going from here and I think that's a that's a really exciting place to be mentally as as soccer fans in this country
3: yeah I agree I think it's you know so different to think back in the first even like 10 years and like you said the are we gonna have a league next year it's kind of with the women's league now it's like every year you're like well we should just enjoy what we have because it's probably not going to be around for much longer you know it's such a it's it's a cool thing now that in this quarantine you know we're like oh my god like how cool was this season gonna be how big was it gonna be beckham's yeah. back with, with his team you know like just the, the, the amount of expansion teams we've had in the last three, four years, it's just incredible to see what this league is doing and, and the rate at which it's growing so quickly.
1: And it's very different than, you know, the the expansion teams of yore, where it was just kind of like, we're just happy to get the party. Like maybe in three years time we'll be we'll be competitive. Now we have expansion teams that are coming into the league and the expectation is not, you know, just to survive. The expectation is... To be successful, to compete for playoff spots, to you know, in the case of say the Atlanta United, the LACs, and 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 to a lesser extent the Inter Miami's of the world, it's it's we want to be competitive for MLS Cup from day one of of training camp, and that's a very interesting mentality compared to you know let's say like take a you know a, 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 a team like you know even like as as most recently as Orlando or um you know Minnesota, who in their first three seasons really did struggle, but you know, we're just happy to be at the table. And now, I mean, that, that expectation has changed. I think that's a really interesting step in MLS and maybe Atlanta United spoiled the, the fruit cart, so to speak, right. in, terms of, in terms of what the expectation for expansion teams is. But I mean, even if you look at the two expansion teams this year between Miami and Nashville, you, 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 you look at that Nashville roster and it, it, it still could be, you know, had the season gone according to plan, you know, that's, that's easily arguably a mid-table team in MLS. That's, you know, compared to expansion teams of yore, where it was kind of like, well, as long as we don't send any records for absolute futility, it's, it's a good season for us. Um, so I think that's been a really incredibly interesting development over even the past four years of MLS is now from just happy that we have a larger league to, oh, now these teams actually intend to compete from day one, which I think is sets a new standard for every other team around MLS.
3: Well, and I think that just speaks credit to the talent of the league from, you know, 25 years ago to now, because you look at that expansion draft and it's like, I can't believe you didn't protect that player or that player. But how do you? Because now your team is actually good from top to bottom and not just like, hey, we have a couple DPS, we might win some games. Like that just speaks volumes of the way that the talent has exploded in this league.
1: And I know, tell me, you, you know, you, you cover both the L- Galaxy and LFC. I mean, just, you know, obviously you've seen the Galaxy talent, but also from an LAC perspective, I mean, what is that going to be like for you interacting with that team like week in, week out, just in terms of the young talent they have and, and seeing that from, you know, say from when, you know, if you started following the league from a few years back to compared to today?
2: Yeah, no, it's it's been amazing because obviously it's a team that has a lot of talent, but they're also such a young team. So like you guys are saying, it definitely raises the bar as far as you know having having a new team come on board and those expectations being up there. LAFC is definitely in that mix where they've proven, you know, yeah, sure you're new, you're, you're a new team, but they have talent, and most of their team are what like probably under 23 years of age and it's incredible to see just the amount of talent that a team like that has. And it's exciting. It's exciting just to see it kind of take place now, two, three, four years from now. And as it progresses, it's exciting to see where it's going to take the rest of the league.
1: And I think, I think that this, this, this large shift from the retirement league with, you know, yeah fifth, with 15 college kids, you, you know, cobbled together to now, you know, looking resourcefully and smartly at every position and going down to South America or going to Europe and finding players. Like, for example, you know, we talk about arguably one of the most constant goal scorers this league has ever seen in Joseph Martinez. Joseph Martinez was 25. He was playing at Torino. It wasn't like he was, you know, you know, he was on the garbage heap. And somehow they found him and made him into the, the player we see today. And it's, it's I, I, I think it's very interesting to see, you know, for the first time in a very long time, the big, you know, the the established um, pillars of MLS, the guys that have been in the league for 25 years, for example, the LA or the um, sorry, excuse me, the LA Galaxies, the DC United, etc., are now it, it, they always were kind of the trendsetters, and now it almost feels like they're in a reactionary position now. If you look at the Galaxy roster over the past three years, they shed age as much as they could as soon as possible. Like if you look at a lot of the contracts they shed, a lot of older players. You know, like now teams are are, are it almost feels like the old guard is is was caught, you know, with their pants down overnight, and it is a really interesting league dynamic nowadays.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could see that happening also, even with the U.S. soccer team. So I kind of felt like it was a big shift for everybody to. I mean, that was the main thing when MLS. As it's been growing, since we're talking about over the 25 years, yeah, we didn't want to be known as the retirement league anymore. And we wanted to be able to contend. Of course, there's rules and certain things that we're still, I mean, it's not perfect. You know, it's still it's still in the works. And as we expand, we're talking about, you know, maybe we should have um, relegation. And then how are you going to be able to, to be able to compete with the La Ligas and the, you know, Liga Mexes of the world. So.
1: But do they have, to, but that's always been kind of the thing with me. We, we, we pretend like, you know, like, all right, I think we have this inferiority complex in this country when it comes to soccer and the way that mm-hmm. American soccer is perceived globally. I don't think there's any problem with not being, you know, directly competitive to La Liga or directly competitive to say the Premier league. It's, we're talking about a hundred years of established history.
0: Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we're celebrating our 25th, yeah. we're, 25th. We're talking about
1: 100 100 years of established league history that has been, you know, organized well, etc. And then we're now here we are set, sitting recording an episode that's celebrating 25 years of MLS. And we're kind of saying, "Can you guys believe we made it this far?"
0: Like, oh yeah, no, I'm totally glad that that we have. Um The other thing is, I've always contended that I guess the only issue is that yeah, we're playing. The world's game The US way And that's kind of always been like A little bit of a crutch for us
1: Well I mean if you look at the early days of MLS I mean you're talking about like the penalty shootout To end The yeah. know, end, oh, end okay. tie games You know we're talking about
0: I was The say countdown the clock and stuff
1: like that. <laughs> um, Which I mean I, I, would, I would love for the, uh, the The penalty shootout to come back I think that's like the one thing from The early days of MLS I'd love to I'd love to see back
3: no christian as a hockey fan you have to hate that what are you thinking
1: i, I love i love hockey shootouts i really do i, I do no
3: it's so stressful i oh, can't horrible,
1: handle it. it's awesome because there, there's there, like and in, and in, in, i guess we're going to go into the like in international soccer too it's a horrible way to end a game but like there's no other really way to end a game outside of the hockey way in international tournaments where they just play until someone scores um but you know then we get into exhaustion and stuff like that anyway we're not a hockey podcast Oh um, uh, yeah. Uh, but like, you just look at all the evolutions of you know, th- throwing darts at the dartboard and seeing if anything sticks. I think it is really fascinating. to Just go through the history of MLS over the past twenty five years and, and and be like, we we did that. Like that was a thing that the league did. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just also. One thing I wish they had done this twenty fifth anniversary season. Uh, speaking about looking back, can we talk about the first iteration of the '96 uh, jerseys?
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: there are some stellar ones in there.
0: <laughs> oh man, I need to pull
3: those up in front of me now.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say the the fit of the uniforms. I was like, yeah, this is really dated. Went back; so, uh, they were playing yesterday um, on ESPN too, so. I was really like, wow, this feels like yesterday to me, but <laughs> the loose fit of the jerseys.
1: <laughs> I mean, even like to the cleats, I mean, like even to the cleats and everything, it's just it was, like, I, I could not believe that was like 13 years ago. Like, I mean that just how like rapidly. And, and another thing that struck me about that game just in general is how slow it seemed. The game was played. And I understand it was a mid season friendly for the galaxy. was Chelsea beginning of their season. It's the middle of the summer in LA. It was probably hot as hell. Um, But you watch it and, like, compare it to a game today, I mean, the speed is just completely different. I mean, that thing, I thought, like, they had slowed down the film. Like, it was that just completely different.
3: Yeah, but, I mean, I think, too, you have to look at the type of players that we were bringing into the league even just 13 years ago. Like, we weren't going after South American players against, that play like a faster style. We were very much sitting in that American concacaf I will outroot you rather mm-hmm. than out finesse you. And I think I mean, it's different now. I mean, you look at like we've got Pavon, like you've got uh, for the Galaxy personally and you know, um I know LAFC has been pulling from from South America and from Mexico and mm-hmm. just I you know, you got Joseph Martinez in there like just all these young guys that play such a different style than any CONCACAF American uh, MLS team would have thought of, you know, 10, 15 years ago.
1: I think also back then, MLS was much more reliant on the college system than it is nowadays. I think that's been probably the most the most interesting development from my perspective is how over the past three, seven years, the, the college draft has meant less and less and less to the point where this season they had it over telephone, you know, like they didn't even bother to to host an event. Um, because just teams are not using, the, you know, you go to the college draft to draft your USL team, you don't go to draft your MLS team anymore. and it, it is it is a very interesting difference, I think, um, in terms of, of the way the league is structured.
0: For sure. So tell me,
2: um, how did you get into covering LA Galaxy and LAFC? how did i get into it um so my my background is actually coming from entertainment reporting so i did that for a while and somehow along the way stumbled upon sports um started in the world of basketball covering nba and then it just kind of landed on my lap really they needed a reporter for the la galaxy this was with la soccer nation and um i came on board and you know, I've been there. I've been there ever since. I haven't left their sight. I'm sure the galaxy are pretty sick sick of me by this point. <laughs> <laughs> Never.
0: I was gonna say, how could they?
2: No. If you knew the amount of times that I send them emails and text them about things that I need, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're they're annoyed at me at this point. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That is funny. Um, What is the protocol for you to be able to be on podcasts? And I know, like, right now we're kind of, you know, we're all waiting for them to just cancel the season at this point, aren't we?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's such a tough situation to kind of even predict because we're we're getting different information, you know, Mm -hmm. pretty much on a daily basis. Um, At this point, it's kind of like, do I... I think like everybody, we all miss soccer. We all miss the sporting aspect of it. And we're all holding out for the best possible scenario, which in theory, you know, it could, it could resume. Um, I know that the commissioner talked at some point about him still, the focus still remaining on playing all the games and continuing the season, just, you know, extending time-wise. I don't see how that's going to be possible. I feel like that's a bit of a stretch um, But, I mean, we're hopeful, right? We're hopeful that at some point we'll at least be able to get half the season back, whether it's playing in one location or however that ends up working out.
0: Or audience-free.
2: Yeah, or audience-free. I just, I very much don't believe If I had to put my money on it, I just don't see how we can expect to kind of just resume back to our quote-unquote normal game days where we can all be there and it's all a big party and fun. And it's just very hard to see that light at the end of this tunnel. Mm -hmm. But I think everyone's just trying to stay optimistic, you know, whether it's fans, the players, the club. But it's it's very hard to predict, really. It's very hard to even say what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... I I think you know obviously again tantamount is is the safety of of playing staff and 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 players and and fans alike but um I, I agree with you Delman, that I think I think 36 games would be very difficult you know I obviously having heard some conversations you know uh from Taylor Tallman and others that the US Open Cup is 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 dead at this point that they they will not be playing it um even with that out of the way. I mean, CONCACAF would probably assist by the champions league in order to facilitate both leagues playing. I mean, it, it still feels like just the, the travel constraints and the, the impacts of, of, of having to play, you know, three games a week, you know, a Saturday, you know, Saturday, yeah. Wednesday, Saturday over what, you know, they probably maybe get 16 weeks. Cause then you have to worry about, you know, winter in in the Northern part of the country. It just, I don't, I don't see 36 games just being anywhere near feasible. I mean, even, you know, 20 games just seems kind of a stretch at this point, considering, you know, the way things are going, it looks like. So
2: I, I, No, it'll be really interesting to see if they adapt a different concept. For example, like NBA, I know they're in talks of they they want to finish the season, but what they're trying to do is find a venue where they have multiple courts, where they can possibly bring all of the teams into one location, one arena, and have them just kind of play back-to-back games just to eliminate all that travel and just make it like some kind of way... so that they can finish the season the problem with that is you're talking about a lot of teams a lot of players a lot of front office staff a lot of you know a lot of people and then the question becomes okay so how many people would actually have to get tested um how would that go about is that even possible to test everybody all the essential workers that are traveling with these teams and all these players to make sure that they stay healthy so it's it's kind of like an idea or a concept that i wouldn't be totally opposed for the MLS adapt thing. I just don't know if even in a situation like that, it would be something that is doable.
3: Well, with that, you'd have to look at it too. I mean, the NBA was coming up at the end of their season. Like, well, now they're going to be at the end of the season. They yeah. end in what, April? Yeah. Um, so, So they have far less time that they'd have to make up or that they'd have to be, you know, quarantined together as a front office and as teams. But for MLS, you're asking them, this is an entire season. Are you yeah. willing to leave your family as a player, as front office, coach, whatever? Are you willing to leave your family for six or seven months? Because we don't know how long we need to be isolated from people. Are you willing to do this in order to finish the season?
0: And, and our I'm schedule not sure was already of... packed as it was. So yeah, and I'm not, sorry.
3: <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not sure a lot of players or even front office staff would be okay with that. Like, It's such an uncertain time. You don't want to leave your family.
2: Yeah, no, and I agree with that. And that's why when you really think about it, it's very hard to wrap your head around the idea that a full season can be played. I mean, we're in April now. There's no way, I know May 10th is the date that we have as of now that hopefully games will resume. I don't even see that date (laughs) sticking to plan. I I don't think that it's going to happen. I think that is going to get pushed even further away. By the time they actually start playing games, I mean, me, in my head, best case scenario, you're talking about summer at some point, late middle, late summer. And by then, there's no way, to your point, Jamie, there's no way that they can take that amount of people and essentially for, what, a year, maybe like 10 months and just kind of isolate everyone. It's just not, every possible scenario will have its flaws. Um, I just don't know how they're going to be able to go around that and what direction they would choose to go. It's, it's very hard. It's very hard to predict.
1: Well, and also teams are going to insist on a full training camp at this point. Like, I, I I think you, you were too early in the season, two weeks in, plus a full training camp to really feel that you could just pick up where you left off in terms of fitness, in terms of, of you know, connections between players and, and so on and so forth. I mean, we saw it, you know, it, from a Galaxy perspective, we saw kind of in those first two games there was a lot of communication errors. There was a lot of kind of clear moments where, you know, they were still trying to figure out how to play with one another. I mean, it, Teams are going to insist on, a, on a, at least, you know, if not a full, you know, kind of training camps period of a a longer one than, say, uh, I think, you know, maybe the, the MLS head office would want in order to get going sooner. You know, I think, you know, they're going to insist on at least three weeks of, of being able to train. And that, I mean, that also adds to the calendar as well. It's, I mean, there's so many, there's so many moving parts and teams are going to, once we have a clearer framework in terms of, you know, timing and scheduling, teams are going to want to ensure as they do, regardless of coronavirus, that they're going to maximize their time available. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see how MLS acquiesces to those demands. If, if I mean, again, we're all talking in ifs, but, you know, I think it's going to be, that's going to be very difficult for, you know, the scheduling team and MLS to really figure out.
2: No, I totally agree. I, I almost feel like at this point, it's just Maybe put on some kind of tournament if you're able to come back and play. Do something for the fans because obviously we want to see soccer back. But I can't. The whole concept of an MLS cup and all of that. I, I almost feel like I wanted to see it not happen and have us just restart the 25th anniversary over and just start next year. I know, right? Like, how technically, MLS got started in
0: 93. <laughs> so we can- <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I'm like, let's just start this over. This is not
3: working
2: out for anybody.
3: <laughs> you guys, as long as we're not federally locked down and there are still states that are not self-isolating themselves, we won't have MLS season. get to pick up this party next year
1: i I was just about to say because i mean looking at the data i mean it's just different different states and this is kind of the the state system has its you know its benefits this is one of the failings of the state system is that when these kind of crises come up it falls upon the states to regulate themselves and a lot of states have not done what they need to do in order to ensure uh the safety of players and 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 advance so i think you know it's going to be if we were able to have anything it would I, I think what Domi said along the lines of the NBA model or, or where they're going to go to a centralized location, that would probably be the only way they could do it. But if they did it, almost do it like a World Cup style tournament, you know, have divide the teams into groups and do, you know, a group stage and then knockout rounds. You can get that done yeah. in four weeks. And it's it's at least something, as you were saying, Domi, like it, it gives the fans something.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I like that World Cup idea, actually. It's a way to kind of just still play, give the fans something to look forward to seeing your players back in action, have them out there back playing on the field. Um, I, I just don't think at this point, I think everyone is being realistic about the situation. And we all kind of know that as far as seeing this going back to normal, it's not something that is likely to happen And I do think that at this point, we'll take anything. Give us any kind of tournament. (laughs) Give us anything to, you know, accept. You can only watch replays of old games for so long until Uh you start going a little bit crazy. And as much as I appreciate the effort, yeah, we kind of need a little bit, some new content here to work with. You know, Christian and I
0: were, um, both had insomnia last night when I messaged him to talk (laughs) about, what are we going to talk about on this pod? i was asleep yeah it's okay (laughs) i was awake, but well i mean it was like we're talking like two in the morning but like the point is that i was like so should we just talk about how the galaxy set all the records for everything and he's like so basically we're just gonna (laughs) (laughs) self-indulge this whole time about how amazing the galaxy are i'm like because i miss so anyway let's (laughs) talk about that
3: 2002 like the first game we lost like this is for sure a conversation for next week with our special guest. Oh, oh yes. definitely. Because oh, yeah. that is a person who will want
0: to talk about it non-stop. Okay. <laughs> all right, we'll 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 save that for next week, guys. Something for you to stay tuned. Also, Can okay, ML- I
2: also say something really quick, though? Yeah, Since we we're talking about this whole like season and 25th anniversary, I do want to give a big shout-out and kudos to all the social media teams out there, the MLS team and everyone, because a lot of these teams have still – you know, stuck to the plan and rolled out their 25th anniversary content. And I am here for it.
3: Oh, the content has been amazing. It
2: really has. It's been (laughs) solid gold. And I I appreciate that they're still at least sticking by that and giving us some of that social media gold.
1: I mean, I I think the clubs from the top down are realizing that this is the one thing that keeps us going. Social media is going to be the one thing that keeps us relevant in our respective markets. You know, like we can't, we don't have a product to sell. So we have to sell like a social media presence. And I mean, we've seen it with like influencers and stuff. Sometimes you can really sell a social media presence and, and have it be successful. So I think, you know, that is clubs are getting, uh, I, I think clubs are getting a lot more uh, smart about selling their brand, realizing they can't just sell it with with an on-field product right now. And that's, that's, it's a really interesting thing to see, but it's also a really uh, cool thing to see. You know, for example, the LA Galaxy with the uh, the 96 website, which was, like, the old oh. kind of Internet Explorer dial-up day. It
2: is so good. I <laughs> saw it, and I dropped so, everything. It's, it's so, so good. bad that it's so good. It's, it's like, <laughs> genius. It's pure, like, gold. I loved it.
3: Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's been, you know, I'm friends with a content creator, and I know that she's been putting her heart into everything because, like, one, it keeps her life normal, and two, it keeps giving back to the fans, and that's really what they're trying to do in this whole situation where there is no other product to give.
0: Well, what I was going to say too is that MLS has been doing week six like simulations and things like that. I mean, you guys are simulating with your FIFA and PS4s at home. <laughs> oh,
1: I'm
3: gonna do a little shameless plug here.
1: I was. I, we were about to bring that up, actually.
3: <laughs> okay, yes, I'll, I'll do it. I'll wait. I'll wait.
1: No, no, I was saying, I'll, no,
3: please, please no, go no, ahead. now it's time. time. Do it. So, <laughs> second week in a row, I am captain of Cosmo SC. We play on Wednesday nights at I believe 8:30 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Our friend on Twitter at Who Is Kylo, he streams it on his Twitch channel. But we always post it. If you ever see anyone posting about pro clubs, we post it. Um, the link to it. I think I picked a phenomenal team this week, guys. I think we're gonna win a cup. Um, I don't know if you saw my video on Twitter. I'm going a little crazy during this whole time of of uh, quarantine, and I learned how to edit videos. Oh, you did! Extremely poorly.
0: Okay. Hey, (laughs) hey, you're learning a new skill. That's all I'm trying to do. People are asking me, "What are you doing now?" And I'm like, "Well, working on ways to bring you guys content." Um, (laughs) I'm
3: like begging and learning new skills. Like begging people in my house, can you stand here and hold this? Just, just hold it. I'll hit record. Just hold it. I have to costume change. Don't move while I do this. We're good to go. He's,
1: We're uh, costume changes, damn. What?
3: Yeah, and I sent it to Tucker, and the first thing he says, not "Hey, cool video." He goes, "You own an O 2 <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I own an O two. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Um, if you guys are looking for something to watch on a Wednesday night, you can um, find the stream link on one of on probably my Twitter or at Cosmo SC. And yeah, we have a good time. You hear us chat. Kylo's pretty entertaining in his in his uh, stream, but it's soccer. We got something.
1: I love it. I I definitely will be tuning in on a Wednesday. Um, I love how uh, I. I, this gets to a greater point, like, how our uh, that the communities around teams, um, you know, especially from a Galaxy perspective, have banded together to ensure that, like, that unity that we oh, yeah, experience through it's game days.
3: It's, it's all Gs. We don't well, let anyone else play with us in this league.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, like, just for, like, in a, in a wider context, just, like, seeing all, like, both from the Galaxy perspective and some, uh, some other teams that friends of mine follow on Twitter that I just I, I follow, it's cool to see, like, team, or fans of teams kind of also improvising like social media teams are and like to, you know trying to figure out ways to continue community even though you know you can't physically have that community I think that's it's a really a really awesome thing so kudos to uh, Cosmo SE and um, just it, it, and the it's, Twitterverse
3: and the Twitterverse oh thank god yeah oh, I mean it was crazy I was having a conversation before the season and you know we're talking about we felt like last year we really felt something like amazing happening in the stands for us um specifically and we're like this season is going to be something extremely special little did we know it would be a non-season but still very special because of what is happening in in our own community and yeah to your point like I, yes I, i'm friends with people from other um supporters groups of other teams and they kind of feel the same thing like their their fans are just coming together and doing crazy good things whether it's like raising money for charity or just this getting together and playing fifa just so that we still have that normality and that we know that people are there for us every single day
1: i think it speaks to something just in the in the american soccer fandom is that this this overarching sense of you know of unity as just soccer fans you know like i think. I think it may come from the fact that soccer was so maligned in this country for such a long time that you kind of were you were on the outside or looking in. And so I think that that sense of community is, is – I've almost found it to be a little bit stronger uh, amongst American soccer fans when it comes to club or national team level um, than well, than, the, than a lot of other countries I've, I've, I've seen. It is It is a really fascinating kind of thing.
3: It's also the beauty of having your league be so – like your stadiums be so small. You know, you're not going to have – 80,000 people watching in most stadiums so you're not really you know just another face in the crowd like you the, these stadiums are very intimate
1: and also I think it's the, the product of MLS being so young it's like we're, we're all older than MLS you know like yeah that's, that's crazy the, like, data true. Soul, yes. <laughs> so like I, I think it's you know that that also I think plays a factor just is like we're all supporting
3: barely older <laughs> yeah that's true
1: excuse you I'm older
3: <laughs> um, barely
1: older <laughs> uh, but it's like I think you know I think that 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 I, that concept of you know having to sell the league you know we as fans having to sell this league at you know that you know from from its inception also I think helps build that sense of community because like we've all kind of been through it. We've all had people, you know, mock MLS to our faces. And yet, you know, mm-hmm. we all there still keep not. showing you know, we all still keep showing up like, you know, week after week and seeing the same people. And that's that's a powerful kind of community.
2: I do, also do, think it's kind of a true testament to just like the fans in general. Cause I've covered a lot of different sports throughout LA and there's nothing like feeling I th- I feel like MLS is the only league here in the States where it truly feels just like a community, like a big happy family and everyone's just so engaging and everyone's friendly and you guys talk among each other, you know, on social media platforms and you build these actual real relationships and friendships that you don't really see in NBA or NHL or anything else out here.
0: Mm-hmm. So I feel
2: like that's truly like a testament to just you guys and, you know, everyone that comes out to the games and really makes this into a family atmosphere and it, it's been beautiful to see that through all of this, everyone's coming together and just supporting everyone, whether it's checking up to see how you're doing, whether it's like you were saying, Jamie, you know, donations or or playing, you know, online like games with everybody else and that kind of thing. So it's been really, it's pretty neat to see. I mean, I guess if we're going to keep saying, you know,
3: good things about MLS and soccer in America, um, we all know each other because of Soccer, yeah, you know, and that's, you know, Michelle. I met, I think, a little bit before Christian, and then Delmi. I met you through Michelle, and it's just crazy, you know, how friendships have been built off of what really is just it's it's a game. There's nothing more to it. It's a game, and yet it's become something so much bigger to all of us.
1: I mean, I think that's that's the beauty of having a league that's 25 years old is that it is small it is you know you it is much easier to build these kind of communities than it is you know say a league like the premier league where it's 100 years old and there's these established traditions and you know you have these established kind of very ingrained things like you know i know people that are galaxy fans that are coming up with new game day traditions that you know they're saying they can't wait to pass on to their kids like we're we're watching the the kind of the stream that becomes the river that becomes you know the waterfall you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and that that's that's Every now and then, you know, I urge Galaxy fans to kind of just reflect on the fact that, like, we're we are watching the beginnings of 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 family traditions, and, and and for some, you know, for some families that are Galaxy fans, I mean, even even now, it's you know, like they their dads were taking the games in '96, and now they're having kids. Like, I mean, we're yeah. starting to see these very cool kind of like great, like you know, slowly like these these amazing traditions like really starting to come to the fore, and like things that are now being ingrained in family, like, lines. That's It's a really, it's a cool, it, you know, every now and then, just it, it, if you sit back and think about it, that's a really cool kind yeah. of thing.
2: No, and I think you, I think you described it perfectly because, like you said, we, most of us are older than the actual league, so even for me, I can say... I started going to, to Galaxy games because of my dad. So as a little girl, he would take me and my younger brother to every game back when they were playing at the Rose Bowl. Oh. And you get older and you start, you know, building on these traditions and these memories um, that you've had with your own family. And then, you, like you say, you know, people have their own families and their own kids and you just start spreading that generation after generation. And that's why I think the Galaxy has such a family-oriented feel around it because it is it is built on tradition and generations
1: yeah i think that's i, I think that's a, a, a great way to put it in terms of the, the family orient i i don't know if family oriented like family oriented paints like a certain picture but i understand the, the concept you're getting yeah. like i guess a generational tradition maybe yes would be a little bit because i i the the ones that are family oriented i think that gets back to like ms 1.0 yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just think it's it, is, it it's fascinating, I mean, you know, even looking, you know, from when I started going to Galaxy games to now, like, you realize that you're see, you've are you been seeing people for 10 years, you're seeing people grow up, you're seeing people change, it is it is really kind of cool. Um, and I, I, I'm I grateful that the Galaxy, that we're, we're small enough that I can really appreciate those kind of things.
0: For sure. Yeah, and I still want to travel to all the stadiums. So once all of this clears up, that's a like, that's what we want to do. The away games, like LA Galaxy fans, had been uh, the highest number of travelers.
1: Yeah, we we uh, we, we led like we uh, we led the league last year, and we sold out Houston. And it looks like Portland had sold out, Miami sold out, but Miami's allocation was like a hundred tickets, It was next to nothing. Um, somewhere else sold out. I can't remember. Doesn't really matter at this point. Um, I know <laughs> we were gonna go to uh Portland,
3: yeah. We were, I was going to Portland, Vancouver, Utah, San Jose, and Nashville.
0: I was gonna go
1: to Nashville too, actually.
3: Yeah,
0: Nashville, Nashville so is my limit. well.
3: Like, here's the thing I haven't canceled the Nashville flight yet. <laughs> we might just party in Nashville if we're allowed to travel yet.
1: I mean, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Nashville's cool. Yeah. I love how uh, all the Galaxy fans still partied in Miami, even though the game was canceled. Right. <laughs> I mean, make the most of it.
3: Um, Can you imagine being on a flight, so stoked to get to Miami to see your team? You hit the ground, you take it off airplane
2: oh. mode, and you go... Oh. My heart broke for everybody. I kept seeing tweets on my feed that was like, okay, well, we're here already. <laughs> you know, what are we supposed to do? Yeah, it's heartbreaking. I would I was heartbroken for everybody that was there. I can only imagine, you know, being in that situation where you're hyped, you're excited. And it was such it wasn't just this was going to be such a big game, just yeah, because we were of playing the history, you know, just because on. of the history. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Back um, it was it was going to be so exciting. the The fact that it was in Miami is just kind of like the cherry on top kind of mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah. But um. Well, and the yeah, fact it's, that it's, Miami looks looked really yes, good. they're competitive. I they know. could just
0: hold their own.
2: I know. Guys, so I covered that first game against um, what was it, eliocene Miami. Yeah. yeah, we all. So I was, you know, walking around talking to talking to some other reporters from MLS on the pitch, and we're all, you know, saying our predictions. They were doing a, a live show. Where we were going to talk about, you know, who we thought was going to win, and we were all like, "Miami's not going to be good." Like we're anticipating this to be bad. No, we were so surprised that they they handled their own. That was kind
3: of the same thing. I was sitting in my house watching it pretty casually. And then I started to notice Miami is making them earn this. And I sat down and I'm like, nobody speaks to me for the next 45 minutes. I got a second half to watch.
1: I mean, it, it does help that they hired the head coach that won the Camp champions like two times in a row with a Monterey team that wasn't <laughs> particularly great. So, you know, there was some talent there.
0: I was impressed. Was I, was
1: I it was the impressed. only one that wasn't surprised that Miami was actually going to be decent?
0: In, in this call, <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs>
2: yeah, I think so. I think I was definitely expecting
0: okay, and I didn't expect them to be like sincey I mean, bad, but yeah, <laughs> they weren't well. gonna be
3: sincey bad, but like they opened against LAFC. I expected them to get hammered. Yes,
2: that, <laughs> that's, that's exactly LFC why. I yeah, that. exactly. That's that's why I think it was so surprising too because LAFC is, is such you know an incredible team as far as the talent and they have that um you know they they just understand each other and have that flow and that chemistry so well and at home like you're saying at home they they beat teams there like no other team and it was incredibly surprising that it walked away being the score that it was considering that it was against that team
1: yeah
2: if it was a different team who knows maybe we wouldn't have been so surprised um but yeah I think it was more of the fact that it was against LAFC they would have kicked the crap out of Cincinnati. We'll just put that
1: out there. <laughs> I'm fairly confident you, you could get us four together and probably pull six to seven other players, and we probably would do a decent job against Cincinnati.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Let's set it up. How can we make this I'm happen?
1: Not, I'm not <laughs> taking the team that conceded more than 50 goals last season for some pretty bad offenses.
0: Oh, dear.
3: I can barely run up and down the pitch, but let's let's go.
1: You know what? You're better than Joe in Cincinnati, then.
3: <laughs> oh my
1: god every, Cincinnati fan, every fan of Simply Soccer that we had in Cincinnati Has now exited the chat
3: I don't think we had any
1: go, go eat your beer chili
0: I know, but that's why I did call this Simply Soccer So we could talk about anything and everything And everyone at some point I know it's ambitious, but hey
3: Wait, I, I, so are we going to talk about The Olympics being moved and how this is ideal For Alex Morgan? I was... I,
1: funny you should ask but it, this is going to be really interesting because remember it's, it's it's only 18 players on that on that roster so 17 on, right it's, uh, no, I think it's 18 because it's uh, seven subs, six plus goalkeeper. I, I think it is. I think it is 18.
3: Either way, it's a short roster. Yeah.
1: So already there was going to be some cuts. And, and, and some of the cuts were, kind of wrote themselves in, I think. You know, like a Morgan Bryan probably doesn't go, like, et cetera. It, but we knew there was going to be names that weren't going to go on that plane that were going to cause an uproar in U.S. soccer circles. And, you know... Now with Alex Morgan coming back, you know, what happens to Carly Lloyd? Because, you know, if Alex Morgan doesn't make the plane to Tokyo, then Carly Lloyd's definitely going because you need forward depth. You know, now does Carly Lloyd at 39, 40 go? Like, I mean, does Megan Rapino kind of look at, you know, injury history and, and look at, you know, you know do I want one more year? Considering You know, she's she's moving into a little bit more of a, a, a you know, working in social justice uh, and and kind of what seems like to me preparing for the next phase of her career. You know, does she go? Like, there's a lot of questions here that aren't, are very murky. And then also look at the fact that there's a lot of exciting young talent right now in the U.S. Women's National Team program that hasn't broken through to the, the Women's National Team like first team. There's going to be, Vlako and is going to have a lot of difficult decisions. And there are definitely going to be names that we have become very comfortable with, that we've, we've been fans of for a very long time, that we're going to watch the end of their career and probably not get an, a, a satisfactory ending to it at, at, at the national team level.
3: Kristen Press is the best forward in all of women's soccer. Fight me! I don't care. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, okay. Not, but in the on the U.S. team, and I think in in the women's league here in America, she is by far the best forward option. Yeah,
1: I have, I, I completely, one hundred ten percent agree with you on that front. Um, I think.
3: I mean, I'm also living on a boat where I think Sam Kerr is probably the most
1: overrated player. So. I think she. I, you know- I think. I think Stanker is good. I don't know if necessarily best forward in the world is, is, is a she's goal overrated. Goal game. I, I mean, I'd go for media in, in the Netherlands as probably the the best striker in the world right now, simply because I mean, she's averaging 1.2 goals a game for, uh, for her country, which is impressive. um, But I think again, you know, this is <laughs> adding another year also adds like a lot of mileage on players' legs. And I know, you know, it doesn't seem like that, but, I mean, they're still going to be playing, you know, probably around winter. They'll, they'll be they'll be training, et cetera. Like, I mean, you know, life will still go on after this. So it's going to be interesting. I think – I personally don't think Carly go, goes next year. I think this was going to be her best opportunity. I think uh, if, Alex,
3: if Alex is fit now, I don't think Carly is the option.
1: Yeah, I don't th- – I, I think – and also I think if you need to bring in another strike if you want more depth at striker, you could probably find better footing at – with a younger player and bring them along rather than kind of carry the, oh. the ghost of Carly past.
3: I would bring Lynn Williams. <laughs> I, I, I mean, as of the ones we know now, um, I'd bring Lynn Williams over Carly.
1: Yeah. I mean, Lynn Williams makes a strong argument. Just McDonald makes a strong argument too. I mean, you know, there is, it, 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 it's going to be interesting. And, and I think out of all the coaches that are going to be nearly impossible to read, I think Vlad Koandinovsky is gonna be one of those guys. He's very much a tinker kind of guy. He likes rotating stuff around. He likes trying new things. I don't think we've seen one sixteenth of what Vlad Kowandinowski is thinking. You know, so I think there's gonna be, again, there's gonna be some big names that aren't gonna go. And 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 this is the big question: is, you know, I think Vlad Kwandinovsky was hired, A, because he's a tactical genius, but B because remember in 2015, Tom Sermanni told a lot of players that. They were out of the picture and a lot of those players revolted straight up and got him fired. That's how Jill else became head coach. Can Flacco and noski navigate that exact same challenge, but do it in a way that the player pool doesn't, you know, lose their minds and, and and run him out of the village, so to speak.
3: I'm hoping that you have a different type of player pool as well, though. I mean, look at what happened with um Allie Krieger and Jill. Jill didn't want her anymore. Not for any reason that she had you know, wronged her, didn't earn it. And Allie went out and worked her butt off and got even better. How do you get even better when you're in your mid thirties? I don't know, but she did. And she said, you know, and she proved Jill wrong. So I hope the players look at more of that as an example and think, you know what, if he says I'm out of the picture, let me prove him wrong to where he can't not call me.
1: And I think that gets to something that the, the, the talent pool from a us perspective has gotten somehow gotten deeper and that competition for spots is at a premium in a way that maybe it wasn't come you know when those players who were being you know pushed out due to age in 2015 when they first started coming into the program in you know the early 2000s right i think i think you know it's a different paradigm shift now than say you know in 2015 where kind of you could point to 23 players in the women's game in in this country and say yep that's it's easy to pick a U.S. Women's National Team 23-person roster. Now I, now the the waters are a lot murkier, I think, and I think that does I mean, shift player perspective as well.
3: Well, even your starting 11 is murky. Oh, yeah, no you question. Know? I mean, you know, there's a handful of spots where you're like, I could play three different players here, and it would be an go- excellent starting 11.
1: I agree 100%. And... and- that's why I'm kind of excited for Vlad because he's a guy that does believe in rotating, does believe in different tactical formations and 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 you know giving a team you know three, four different looks at a game. That's going to, I think, take advantage of this talent depth in a very, very aggressive way that will make them that will keep them on top for you know a very long time. Because I think the fear was, and and we definitely saw it in, in 2019, in the World Cup. I think all of us can agree that, you know, between the France, the Spain, France, and England games, there was definitely moments where it did look like the hege- uh, the hegemony of, of the united states was was under threat and that you know finally the the book had been or the, the gap had been closed but you know they took care of business in the final and then Vlako goes out in his first few games and just absolutely puts every team he faces to the sword and you know they didn't play bad teams so you know it, it's it's good to see you know it, we're seeing an evol- We're seeing an evolution in the U.S. women's national team that I don't think any of us could have foreseen, and that's a really good place to be.
3: Mm-hmm. I think any place where Jill's not the manager is a great place to be.
1: <laughs> the whole entire the 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 Jill Ellis review show could could last for hours.
3: <laughs> oh boy! And this is how we like fell in love as friends in an airport.
1: <laughs> oh Lord. Salt Lake City International Airport, uh, Gordon Gordon Beer uh, Beer Garden.
0: You mean they let you drink over there?
1: Yes, they do at the airport.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Remember, quarantine is like an airport. There are no rules.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No judgment.
0: Yeah, uh, not to, like, call us out, but Delmi and I are sitting here, um, without drinks.
2: And, uh... Can yeah, I can't, I can't do drinks right now. I feel like it's become a, a ritual these days where at this point I'm like, okay, I need a little bit of a break.
1: I think I respect it. Um, I have a nice local brewery beer that is helping me channel my thoughts about the U.S. Women's National Team. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: hey, guys, um, and on that topic, I do have a question, though, because now I'm curious to know what you guys would say. Um, I mean, obviously, because it has been moved up to next year, Who would be your forward line? Who would be your starting forward line? What would be?
0: Alex Morgan, for sure, would be up there. Like you said, Kristen Press. um... Well, so that that
3: leads. I'm unpopular because I wouldn't start Pino. I actually question even bringing her.
0: I was going to say.
3: I would start Press on the left and Tobin on the right. If we're gonna yeah. stick with the formation we have been, mm-hmm. obviously with Alex up up top in the middle,
0: mm-hmm.
3: I think that's gonna get the best service.
1: From what I've seen from blackout and Oski, it does look like we're gonna stay in the four three three for the foreseeable future. And instead, oh. what he'll do, what he does is he does minor tactical shifts where you know he he takes advantage of two way players to shift the formation mm-hmm. around, you know, a three five two or something like that. Um, I, I think it does depend. On what kind of soccer we get played before the Olympics because I think form does matter and I think
2: yeah right
1: there have been times where there's been a player that you know has been on form and wasn't even close to the national team and then you bring them because they're just killing it and it works out for you I think the player that most embodies that is Sydney LaRue I mean Sydney LaRue was was on the fringe of the national team she has a fantastic you know two seasons and all of a sudden she's in the middle of the National League picture um, as the, you know, if as things stand right now, I agree with Jamie that I think our best starting line is press Morgan Keith.
0: Keith. Yeah. Yeah. I mm-hmm.
1: think if, I think yeah. if Megan Rapinoe okay. plays another solid two months of soccer to the point where, you know, you, then maybe we start having that conversation, but I, I, I but I
3: still it... wouldn't start her. Okay, yeah. Because because even even in th- games she's been in form recently, she's gassed by halftime. She just doesn't have it. She's lost that step to be a starter. She's excellent if you bring her on like early mid uh second half. Great. But well, she just if you can't get a full 90, you should not be a starter.
1: Well, I think also you could do, you know, with her if with the right coach, it, this could be the Lionel Messi thing, where Lionel Messi lost a step, and for two seasons, kind of looked a little indifferent, and everyone was just like, "This is the end." You know, we've, and then he kind of realized, "Oh, I don't need to be faster. I don't need to be whatever. I just need to be smarter." And you know, he got smarter, and then you know, stopped scoring as many goals, but started assisting, you know, a, an assist in every game, you know, that kind of level. So maybe Vlatko can kind of convince her that you know, you don't need to outpace people. You just need to outthink them. I mean, if you look at the goal that. Pino scores against France, that first goal, I mean, it's her just thinking smarter than ev- that defensive line. I mean, she knows Buhati's not going to be a very aggressive keeper, and so she's like, I can just sneak this by her. So I think if you can convince Pino to 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 play more with her head and less with her pace, then she makes a lot of sense. But I I mean, I look at that injury history. I look at the age. I look at kind of, I mean, a, a, an indifferent World Cup, even though she won the Golden Boot. Um
3: Oh, I, I, I I can do three hours on that and don't even get me started on the rest of the stuff.
1: (laughs) Same. I, I, I mean, I I kind of agree. I think, you know, it's going to be a tough choice, but if you bring her, I don't think she starts. Um, But, you know, again, it's, it's like, do you bring her? That's a, that's a, that's a, a decent question.
0: Man, but that's what gets me about MLS not not canceling this season yet. Like, I get it, but, like, yo, the Olympics got moved to next year. Does <laughs> <Yeah. Is> everyone
1: finally <laughs> like, just admit it?
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the difference is, though, is the Olympics is people coming from all over the world and not just players. You're looking at, excuse me, fans from all over the world traveling to one tiny little country. Like, I get why that's already been moved. The logistics all of that I can understand why American sports want to drag their feet they want to be hopeful they want to give people something to be hopeful about
0: oh absolutely
3: we all I'd, do I'd say by the end of the month though we have a, a decision
1: I agree yeah but I mean yeah <laughs> it's it's we'll, we'll know sooner rather than later I think um but yeah, tell me, I, I hope we got your question answered about what we think. No, the yeah, I'm
2: super curious. And if if I'm being honest, I don't even think that I would I would bring her. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would know not God, say, but I don't feel like if I have to, to... Yeah, no, I feel like if I had to answer now, I feel like it'd be a definite no for me. Mm-hmm. And I love her. It's just I can't um, just like, like you say, I factor all these things like ages, um, you know, injury history and um just all these things and I'm like I don't think that she would she would be someone that I would I would choose not now at mm-hmm. least
1: and and my thought on that too is also uh, I ask myself with every player you know in that position at that age you know could I get the same talent skill set from a younger player that could serve me for longer than you know one tournament and I I'm I think between the players that are currently on the roster and the young players that you can bring in I think you can do a pretty good job of imitating Megan Rapinoe. And like that to me is kind of a reason enough not to bring her.
3: Can we talk about, can we talk about a sad moment here though? That's probably going to be the last, uh, major tournament for Becky Sauerbrunn.
1: Oh yeah. That, I mean, what a, what an she's incredible, what,
3: like 34.
1: 34. She's, yeah, yeah. She's
2: thirty four.
1: She's doing her best, uh, Christy Rampone impersonation. Um, but, I mean, what a, what, a, what a stellar, stellar career. I mean, just one of just, mm-hmm. I mean, this is going to be the thing about this Olympics. It's like a lot of names that we've grown to know and love and that we've come, we've, we've, we've gotten oddly close to or, or we're going to watch them go into that good night. That's a, it's a rough thing to swallow, guys, but we got a year to get ready for it.
0: Yeah.
3: I will never be ready for it. I will never, ever be ready for the day that Becky's not out there.
1: It's gonna be that's gonna be a weird day.
2: Don't worry, Jamie. We'll have some drinks ready to go for you.
1: <laughs> oh, thank God! <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've got a year to prepare for you. <laughs> start putting in your orders t- now. <laughs> exactly. Who's <laughs> gonna start hold me up. when I start crying?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, because we can. We can hold each other. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> i'll just hold the dog
1: <laughs> Gotham, by, the way, by the way the time zoning on that olympics is gonna be brutal because it's gonna be in japan that's
2: oh uh, it's gonna feel classic like it's gonna, gonna, gonna
1: be it's gonna be some It's <laughs> well, gonna should. be some early mornings
2: <laughs> i almost feel like that time difference is part of the whole experience yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like the Olympics unless you're waking up at crazy, you know, times and trying to stay up to watch a game or wake up early to watch a game or whatever it is. I mean, call me crazy, but I kind of, I kind of enjoy it. <laughs> I
1: There's a certain, there is a certain fun about that. I, I agree.
2: Like, who's got
0: a regular sleep schedule right now as it is? Like, no. I mean, <laughs>
3: right now, We're I'm actually like... very, no, right now I'm actually sleeping very regular. I'm very... Lucky oh, yes. that I'm still working from home, um, so I still have like a semblance of a schedule. I miss, and I never thought I'd say this. And Christian, you probably never thought you'd hear me say this either. I miss waking up at four thirty in the morning on Saturdays to watch Premier League. <laughs>
0: that's
1: that's not surprising to me considering. <laughs>
2: Well, listen, if you guys have any tips, please send them my way because I've been going to sleep anywhere from 5 in the morning to 6.30 in the morning, and this is just not working out for me.
3: You have to create a schedule. Honestly, um, all my friends that I've spoken to who, who aren't working, you have to still live by a schedule. So you say, you know, this is the time I'm waking up. This is the time I do this. I do this. I do this. Rather than like, oh, I haven't gone for my run today. It's midnight. Let's go now. You know, you have to just
2: make. I feel attacked, me I feel attacked. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that that was act absolutely daggers at you. <laughs> Okay, to my defense, I don't go <laughs> at midnight. Yeah, <laughs> just that's not safe. clear that up. Because <laughs> I need thought, time, oh, okay. oh, I can't forget forty-two. You would be so surprised by the amount of messages I get. Like, why are you going so late? Why are you running at this time? And I, in my head, I'm like, I'm not going at this time. I did it earlier. I just tweeted about it at this time. <laughs> like, that's all that means. <laughs>
1: what, what? Twitter is an estimation of actual reality. What?
2: <laughs> You know, we're know. not living in
0: Crazy, real time. Right? <laughs> no, but even I've tried to keep a schedule for real. I set my alarm for seven a.m. just like I'm supposed to. You know, I get up and try to check, you know, unemployment page, whatever. <laughs>
2: and, I, mean, I need to get on that. I really do need to set a routine. I just, yeah, I haven't really. I guess no. I haven't really made a fun effort to do it, but I need to.
0: No, I haven't. Just at night, like I just, I don't know, the insomnia hit. <laughs> and I've not been an insomniac, but thankfully, Christian, we text each other about one. soccer. <laughs> you yeah. oh, right, know, know what else I'm <laughs>
2: I don't know if any of you guys are going through this too, but I also feel along with the sleeping issue, I feel like I've been a bit of an emotional mess lately. Everything makes me cry. Um, I could watch like a, a cute little TikTok video and now be in tears. It's like constant waterworks over nothing. I think, <laughs> and I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Oh, I think it's just watched, the
0: emotion,
1: the emotion I, of the current situation. I think it,
0: it, it's understandable. Okay. We're all set on high level.
1: Exactly.
3: Yeah. I watched I watched Little Women today, the new one. I hadn't seen it yet. And I, all leading up to it, I'm like, I know Beth dies. <laughs> Everyone knows Beth right? dies. I'm fine. Spoiler I'm alert. totally fine. I Beth spoiler gets sick. Alert. Beth gets sick. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's going to die. Oh. <laughs> it was embarrassing. Oh, <laughs> oh my God.
2: I know what's happening to us, <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, but that's what we entertain ourselves with now. it's 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 TV series, it's um, not like we didn't we do the movies. but yeah, we need soccer. otherwise we're all gonna be on the brink soccer. of tears. yeah, please, please. And please. we do have an episode scheduled for next week, guys, so that that worked itself out. And yes. uh, yeah, so any other thoughts as we wrap up I- here? I, I mean,
1: well, stay safe. Hopefully something will come back. I think Bundesliga, is, Bundesliga clubs return to training this week, so that's good news. Oh, I mean, do they really? Yeah. Um, I think the Belarusian Premier League is still playing. So How are
0: they oh, pulling just... this off? Oh, they're still
3: playing.
1: They're so still he, playing
3: because he... I now have a team. Who's your team? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I'll ask Chris Tucker and Alex. They'll tell you for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've always been a DMO Mits fan, so...
3: Yeah, I think that might be our team.
1: <laughs> so yeah, well, let's all become experts. Simply Soccer is now transferring to being a Belarusian Premier League uh, podcast.
0: <laughs> so why I call this Simply Soccer.
1: Now we just got <laughs> to expand our knowledge of Cyrillic, and then we'll, be, we'll Although, be good to go.
0: I realize soccer is not how they say it in the rest of the world, but whatever. We're, 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 we're ca- Americans.
1: We're capturing the uh, uh, emerging uh, Belarusian MLS, uh, Belarusian Premier League crossover uh, audience.
0: Hey. For <laughs> I was going to say, just at them when you tweet this.
2: <laughs> but you know what's also been super helpful? I don't know if you guys do this at all, but I'm living for all these um, IG live videos. And I have been watching so many with a bunch of Galaxy players um, and just like other random teams because I'm bored, obviously. And I will sit there and just watch these interviews for hours. And those interviews give you solid content, a lot of good information there. I um, know Chicharito did a live. I think it was yesterday, and he was on there for a long time, and he talked about you know his time in Europe and just went into detail about so many things that it was pretty, it was pretty cool to hear.
1: Yeah, I mean, nice. it's, it's giving us a different level of access to players. Like,
2: yeah,
1: I, I think you know, it, it, it's hard to reconcile. For example, let's just take Chicharito. I mean, Chicharito the person versus Chicharito the player because really we only Mm -hmm. see Chicharito the player. Now we're seeing Chicharito the player and then also Chicharito the person. It's a really kind of cool, cool thing.
2: Yeah, I'm totally, I'm here for it. Yeah, here for it too. Well, thank
0: you all for joining us.
2: Thank you for having us. Wait, wait,
3: we can't end until we talk about Sebastian Lechette's haircut and how sad I am.
0: Wait.
3: Is that because right, the letter hair?
0: that he wrote to everyone? Oh, the
3: letter is beautiful, was beautiful, but have you not seen his hair? He buzzed his entire head.
0: I like it, Jamie. I'm. Here
2: I was for gonna it. say, I
0: I didn't. It didn't bother me.
2: I mean, he's still <laughs> I very. I feel handsome, like,
3: but I just love <laughs> his hair.
2: I feel like he can't do wrong. Really, I mean, he can yeah. shave it all off, and I would still think he looks very handsome. Um, <laughs> so I, I might be biased towards that. <laughs> and this Same. is the content you all stayed for.
0: <laughs> yes. And that's right. Yeah. Uh, but no, a lot of people I hear are, like shaving their heads. I'm like, so we've all gone full Britney Spears, like, breakdown. <laughs> awesome. Hey, man, you, gotta, you gotta do you gotta, what you gotta, gotta
3: do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah. I mean, look, even when LeJet broke his nose, I was like worried it was gonna mess up his face, but no, he's still good. <laughs>
2: But also, guys, it could totally go the complete opposite. There was a player, an LFC player, I think it was um, Atuesta, who bleached his hair blonde. <laughs> and I saw the video of him, and I thought, see, that, that's taking it a little too extreme. <laughs> that, you, I would question, you know, what was Did he
1: bleach it during quarantine?
2: I, I, I think he did. Last time I saw him, it was not blonde. Let me tell did you that lose much. he his
1: mind that quickly?
2: That's what I mean. You have to be very careful with these players because you know they're spending a lot of time by themselves. They're used to being around a lot of people, and <laughs> I feel like it's becoming a dangerous thing with the hair dye. It needs to, it needs to be, you know.
0: But there was a moment, even when Alessandrini frosted his tips, and everybody else had dyed their hair like uh, Ladero from the Sounders and all that. And I'm like, what? What is this trend?
2: Me with Alessandrini, it's. I'm kind of. I'm gonna tie do it in not with the whole Jet. Ill of Drini. Exactly. He can do no wrong in my book. So if Agreed. he wanted to ble- bleach his hair blue, I would still say <laughs> he look good. I, I love him. He really good with blue hair. I mean, we're talking about listen, Drini here. He really can do no wrong. Really.
1: MLS needs to send out a PSA to all of its players: put down the hair dye.
2: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's this
0: what my company. hairstylist did. He was like, "Do not <laughs> box dye
2: your hair." I'm like, "Dang!" So I just gotta let this grow out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, can it can be it can be a dangerous thing. So PSA to all the players out there, just put those scissors and those tools down. Don't do it.
0: Unless you have a face like legit or Alessandrini, yeah, <laughs> and or let me know. Back her off.
1: <laughs> or, your, or your partner is a hairstylist, in which case that's
0: okay. <laughs> right.
3: Oh man. Yeah, I'm right. sure. I'm sure Becky G wasn't gonna let Sebastian mess up too bad there. Oh, I God, was no. gonna
0: say that he's quarantined with her, and she's keeping him fit too. I mean, anyone Good.
2: else? Anyone else low key hoping that during this time he will pop the question? I'm anyone else? Is that just me?
0: You know, should we making any kind of commitments right now during the pandemic? Are we all... Yes!
2: I mean, this is the time. <laughs> this is the time that couples really, you know, this is a test. If you can be on lockdown for this long and not kill each other, this is the time to take oh, the next step.
1: Tell me, tell me, the most visited business in China after the lockdown was lifted was divorce lawyers. Let's not go too far here.
0: <laughs> I was going to say that. I mean, you yes. just I... had the ring... He had to have had the ring already.
3: We are getting so many pandemic babies in nine months.
0: Oh, Some quarantines! Christmas.
3: Merry Christmas. Oh, boy. And Happy New Year. And then when you release all of us back into the wild, nine months later, you're going to get a lot more babies.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Everybody's going to be celebrating. It's going to be insane. Oh, gosh. We'll we'll be <laughs> celebrating that first game back like, like we're winning MLS Cup already. <laughs> oh, of course.
2: I think everyone's just oh. going to be happy to be able to touch your friends and give them hugs and, you know, have a drink with them and just have that human interaction. I don't think you realize how, or appreciate it, you know, once it's there until it gets taken away from you. I
0: never took that <laughs> for granted. We were always touchy-feely people in this group.
3: Y'all are going to have to peel me off of you.
1: <laughs> that, fir- that first tailgate bag is going to be something special.
3: <laughs> oh, Lord. Sto-
1: <laughs> Those who remember it are going to be telling stories about it for years.
3: <laughs> I
0: was going to say. <laughs> well,
3: I don't remember the home opener, so there's that.
0: I get to relive <laughs> a
1: new home opener.
0: <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> um...
1: My client has no recollection of the incident. <laughs>
0: Okay, there, I have not hit stop recording by the way, in case you oh, know. I know. okay, no, I- <laughs> like, see, this is the Patreon content, guys.
3: let's just <laughs> say, let's just say I don't know how I made it into the stadium, but I never made it to my seats, and I did have somebody drive me home before halftime.
1: <laughs> there you go.
2: Guys, I was so, yeah. on covering the game, and I, before the game, I went over to the tailgating areas and just hang out with a few people. I ended up having chicken wings with Zeller, and it just, it was like a big party. It's always yeah. a big party. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do
1: it. <laughs> this,
3: was, this was different. We went pretty ham on this one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it.
3: Yeah, my sunglasses are still uh, in the Lars bin. I really, really missed them. <laughs> I had to reclaim oh.
1: this for you from Toma too.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, that one time I left them in San Diego, and then you went to France, and I couldn't get them for a long time. <laughs> oh, those, those were the white ones that got broken at that uh, League's Cup oh, game, Michelle. The one where that. I left them on the bench, and they got yes.
0: stomped on. Oh. Yeah,
3: those, those are dead, Christian. Oh man. Yeah. She told me but you should my, get like.
0: They're like 20 bucks or something. 15. I mean, I
3: bought a bunch more when I went to China. But There you go. <laughs> yeah, I I I have new white ones. I've already lost them somewhere, but in my house. They're in my house.
0: That's good. <laughs> yeah. You got the, well, I know you're still working from home, but you got the time to search for them.
3: Um, I've had the time to do a lot of things since I've been home, and yet I have not done one.
0: <laughs> and you know what? That's okay.
3: Because I've learned that it wasn't that I lack time, it's that I still lack motivation.
0: Listen, there's a reason all of this is being recorded only audio, guys. This is no video available. Hey, I showered yesterday. No, yeah, I did too. But um, no, I got my LA Galaxy hoodie on. I have a
3: Galaxy hoodie hoodie on too. Hmm.
1: I don't have a Galaxy hoodie on.
2: I don't either. But you know what I do have on? I have, I, I put on an actual pair of shoes today. And let me tell you, total game changer for me. It made me feel, you know, like I was put together. I, I don't did think I put I'm my worn... shoes on after you said that. Right? It just I makes, did. it just makes you feel like, okay, I have a complete outfit on. I'm not just walking around barefoot or in slippers or whatever kind of a thing. Um, So I might do the shoe thing more often. Why not? Wait, did you put real pants on? I put what? Did you real put pants. real pants
3: on? Because no, I, have I haven't sweat loved pants. sweatpants.
2: I have sweatpants and t-shirt, but I put shoes to make me feel better about myself. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a weird, you know, psychological way. It made me feel more put together, even though I am just a t-shirt and sweatpants. I have shoes on, guys. And that is a game changer, I'm telling you. Also, if you
3: haven't seen the memes about uh, trying on your jeans every few days during this, they're great. And also try on your jeans every few days because you got to be aware of how much you're eating and drinking.
0: (laughs) Some of us have a body type that it doesn't really matter, but I still do yoga in the living room.
3: I've done yoga in my bedroom, the living room, outside.
0: It's been kind of Nice. Yeah, that does sound nice, actually. Yeah, so everybody stay hydrated. Yes, ma'am. Everyone stay
1: healthy, stay hydrated, put down the hair stay dye. Stay
0: home. Stay home, get, get some rest, uh, set up a routine for yourself.
1: We you provide soccer and COVID content in terms of setting routines.
3: Yeah. And don't forget Galaxy MLS MLS Cup Mondays like I did yesterday.
1: On mm. uh, tomorrow you have uh, eight eight thirty, you said on who is Kylo's Twitch? Yes.
3: Uh Cosmo SC. Tomorrow uh, we play 830.
0: There you go. The evening story. Pacific sorted. standard time.
3: Yeah, and we'll I'll post the link from my Twitter um and we'll post it from the Cosmo SC Twitter as well. Cool. Excellent.
0: I'm looking forward to that. Alrighty. So we'll see you next week.
1: Have a good one.
0: Yay, bye. Thanks.